Hey guys, and welcome to another inspiring episode of the Low Key Podcast. I had the opportunity to sit down and talk with the Stories of Hope, a therapeutic practice business, um, which they do grief counseling and family counseling and marriage counseling. And I had the opportunity to speak to Lindsay Boyles and Christian Morgan about what they do and what it's like to journey through the social work life. So enjoy this very fulfilling episode of the Loki Podcast. It's nice, it's easy, it's low-key. Let's get started. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Low Key. I am here with the owners of the Stories of Hope. Um, And I am in a wonderful room. It's pretty. How long did it take you guys to paint this room or choose the colors? Hmm. Well, it took a while to get it painted because these walls are not easy (laughs) to paint. They're very porous. Um, The color scheme, I think... Christian and I kind of looked at different colors that are more like therapeutic and we just settled on these because we just kept gravitating towards like the teals and golds and yeah as I was building the website I um, just kept gravitating towards teals and golds and white and as just being colors that made me feel very peaceful and looking up the color, you know, the psychology of color and trying to figure out and they're very peaceful colors and empowering colors. And so as we were developing kind of our branding for the for Stories of Hope, that was something we kind of really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And if, if I didn't mention to you guys earlier, their names are Lindsay Boyles yep. and Christian... Morgan, yes. Morgan, Christian Morgan. Um, and they, they, what they do is they do counseling, um, grief counseling, and they do fun coaching. Yeah. Um, yeah. You guys want to describe a little bit more what the Stories of Hope is? Sure. Mm-hmm. Stories of Hope is a, a counseling small private group here in Tulsa. We launched about a month ago but it's been kind of our dream for many years to do private practice okay um and we are kind of specializing in we all have different specialties mine tends to i tend to gravitate towards grief counseling people have lost loved ones or experienced some kind of loss in their lives losses of you know relationships or a dream of some kind Um, that just isn't available, miscarriages, all kinds of things. Um, And Mm. Lindsay Mm -hmm. um, really enjoys fun coaching. Which actually is not therapy. Fun coaching is a little different. But like the therapy things that I kind of gravitate towards more are working with people who have gone through a lot of trauma and um, working with depression, anxiety, um, a 
of all different walks of life and um, I like I have I have worked with people who have been suicidal in the past also and actually it sounds weird to say I enjoyed that but I actually kind of enjoyed the opposite side the outpatient side of working with people who have had a history of suicidality and all of that too um, so we both offer different different things um, so um, but with the fun coaching, that's that's not therapeutic. I mean, it is therapeutic, but it's not therapy. It's not counseling. It's more like life coaching with an emphasis on helping someone rediscover joy in their life again. Okay. So so what what is what is a fun coach basically? Just basically that or Well, a fun coach is someone who can help you on your journey to rediscover what kind of things. Um, bring you happiness and joy it's kind of like having a coach and a cheerleader all in one mm -hmm. um, so it's um, people who are kind of stuck like if they've gone through a divorce or maybe the loss of a spouse or just a major life transition and don't know how to enjoy life anymore mm -hmm. um, fun coaching can help with that and it like I said it's not therapy um, so it's set up really differently. We do, um, there's a lot of activities involved and we'll do some like little happiness skills and different assessments in the beginning, but it's tailored to each person and to what they like and what things that um, they want to work on in that. So. Okay. So what, what made you guys want to put the fun coaching in, in your, your, uh, your practice? practice is that what you call it the practice yeah <laughs> okay um, yeah. <laughs> well with the fun coaching it really was literally about a year ago I told my husband Ryan that shout out to Ryan Boyles yeah <laughs> <laughs> I told him that I don't what did I say I it was tweeted out by Ryan I think yeah she, like, you were having some kind of conversation about how <laughs> how much fun you were <laughs> and you are <laughs> and I said I should be a fun coach and when I said that I really didn't think that I was actually going to be one because I didn't know that was a real thing mm -hmm. and I looked it up and it actually is a thing wow and so I thought wow with this private practice we have the ability to kind of be creative in what we do, and so I wanted to be able to incorporate that um, because it's something that I had never seen, um, but I think it could really be a great benefit to people. So, Plus, I, I literally thought it would just be so much fun to be able to help other people have fun. Hmm. And Lindsay and I have worked um, in the mental health field for, um, what, five, six years now for each of us, something along those lines. And I forgot. <laughs> Maybe longer. We're both, no, we're both licensed therapists. Yeah. Um, we're both, um, I'm a licensed Maryland family therapist and she's a licensed social worker. We've worked primarily in agency settings, which bills mm -hmm. Medicaid and um, just has a lot of rules involved. There's, you know, certain things that they pay for and there's certain ways you have to document and there's, um, there's a lot of limits within an agency setting to just kind of what you can do and what you can't do. And I think with starting Stories of Hope, both of us just wanted, felt very trapped by in this agency setting and really just wanted to be creative in what we do. And 
I know as we are creative, we're happier and that that Mm -hmm. helps our clients as well feel like Mm -hmm. they can get the best of us and what we can offer Mm -hmm. and we're not limited by 60 minutes or, you know, with the new Medicaid rules, you can only see people for 60 minutes maximum. It's cut off after that. Um, it's like every, all these things and we're not limited by that. We have, we can offer creative things like fun coaching, group sessions, family sessions, and we're able to kind of be creative. And I think Mm -hmm. for us, that's been a very big change and probably one of the biggest things that's brought me joy in this process. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Um, what made you guys... Like, there's a variety of names. What made you guys choose the name Stories of Hope? Well, I came up with it one day while sitting mm-hmm. on my couch. I yeah. have been, um, you know, I've wanted to do private practice for many years, and I um, have always kind of gravitated to the word hope as being um, part of that process just because when I think about what I want to bring people, what I want people to experience is hopefulness in the sense Mm -hmm. of being renewed through the process. Um, And so as I was thinking, well, hope, you know, I thought of a lot of different kind of variations using that word. Um, And then I would look them up online and they'd be taken. Or, (laughs) um, (laughs) you know, you can only incorporate what's not been taken, of course. And so when I was thinking about, well, what do you know, in my life, what is a big deal? And I think about the story of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about how, you know, each and of us individually have a story, how there's stories of our relationships together. There's a story of our community and there's a story of our world as kind of a go, as kind of a going up through the, through it all. And I just, for me, when I think about what I want to bring to this world and what I want to bring to this community of Tulsa is hopefulness. Is you, We can always look around and see the bad things going on. Mm-hmm. You know, all the murders that have happened in Tulsa recently, mm-hmm. all the crime, all the, you know, losing of the football games or yeah. whatever. You can always find bad things going on. But for me bringing hopefulness and bringing a sense of renewal to this community has been a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and with the stories part, we're very narrative in our approach also, and and we do believe that every person has a story and there's value in every person's story. And for people just to be able to have a place to tell their stories and feel like they are heard is such a big deal. Yeah, And so in our name, we wanted to be able to convey that. Just, you know, if people are, you know, on psychology today, looking at all the different people who offer um, counseling in Tulsa, we wanted a name that could kind of stand out to people who are who are needing what we have to offer. Hmm. Yeah, we believe cool. through the therapeutic process, and uh, we like to use a Brene Brown quote, to write a brave new ending. And I think that's kind of the therapeutic process at work mm-hmm. is through through our talks and our activities, we're able to take your story and find meaning, encouragement, and strength through those things that we've been through. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, what what uh can you can you take us through a little bit about like your journey of like coming being college students 
-hmm. and then getting to the point of this. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. You want to go first, Christian? Sure, <laughs> sure. Uh, for me, I wanted to be a therapist ever since I was in fifth grade. I literally remember the moment I wanted to be a therapist. I was walking in the Boo Ha Ha Parade in Tulsa, and I dressed like a doctor because I wanted to be a doctor at the time. And somebody came up to me and said, you know that when you're in school, you have to work with like dead people, people with cadavers and stuff. And I was like, yeah, that's so gross. It's a fifth grader. <laughs> <laughs> and I decided I don't want to do that. I want to be a psychiatrist because they get to work with people and talk to people. And that was the moment I decided I was going to do this fifth grade. That was like over 20 years ago now. And obviously I didn't become a psychiatrist. I didn't go to med school. Um, for me, it's, it was always about connecting with people, hearing their stories. Um, I went to Oral Roberts University, got my degree in psychology, went on to earn my master's degree in counseling from there, mm -hmm. um, became a licensed therapist. And for me, the private practice has always kind of been a goal of mine. I think most clinicians would say that. Most therapists would say private practice is kind of what they would eventually want to do, but a lot of people don't have, I'm going to say the guts to just take that risk because it is a big risk starting your own thing. I think any, mm -hmm. you know, you do this podcast and you interview people over and over again about their businesses mm -hmm. and I'm sure a big thing you come up with is the risk people take to just step out there. Yeah. And so for us, it, you know, it was a big risk. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, financially and personally and all that other stuff, but I feel like it's been worth it so far and just growing. Um, and I, what was your story, Lindsay? Well, I did not grow up wanting to be a social worker. I just wanted to be a pastor's wife. Once I finally realized what I wanted to do, I wanted to get married and be a pastor's wife. And then I realized, wow, I can... Not that there's anything wrong with that, and that is some people's dream. I realized I can do more. I can. Um, I realized that I liked helping people, and all along, these little things in my life kind of led up to me realizing I wanted to do social work. And so then I, um, once I decided, I went to NSU and got my bachelor's in social work, and then straight to OU, got my master's in social work. And I realized that I wanted to do um, more direct things with people mental health-wise and do clinical social work. And so um, I got my clinical licensure so I can do therapy. But that social work background is still always there. I'm always thinking like a social worker. It's a little different um, than just the psychology background, which is really good and um, has definite benefits also. Um, but mine is I'm always thinking about different systems that are around that person that are interacting with them to impact their mental health and how I can get them resources. And so I think like a case manager and a therapist all in one, and sometimes it's kind of overwhelming, but <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love it. And I'm so glad that I chose what I chose to do and that my journey led to that point. It just took little things along the way because it was not a dream of mine when I was little, like I said. Actually, mm -hmm. when I was really little, I wanted to be a veterinarian, and then I wanted to be 
um, like Britney Spears' backup dancer (laughs) (laughs) before I got to the pastor's wife thing. So it took me a while. I figured it out. From Britney Spears' backup dancer to pastor's wife to social worker. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. So, you know, we, you know, use all those little experiences in our life to figure out what we want to do. And I realized all along I wanted to, I really did want to help people, but I also want to help them discover who they are and help them grow in their own strengths. Mm. And uh, so that's kind of where this journey led. And I met Christian actually through a church, but then I ended up working with Christian. And um, so then our our relationship as friends who also had ambitions for private practice began there. Hmm. That's cool. Do you... How long did you did it take to like get through school and stuff like that? Was that a long time or? For me, it was a long time because I, like I said, I didn't know what I was doing in the beginning. <laughs> um, my my associate's degree took the longest, which is ridiculous because it's a two year degree. But that took me four years because that was in Spanish and I didn't know what I was doing, so I just did that. And then when I was almost done with that, I figured out I wanted to do social work and. Once I got set on that trajectory to graduate and once I got that goal, I did not let anything stop me once yeah. I knew what I wanted to do. You mean like having babies didn't stop no, you? No, did not. <laughs> did not. Had my, I had my son my junior year um, of college and did not miss. I mean, I missed some, but it, I didn't miss any to set me back. and um, So I did everything I had to do and... I, I got it all done no matter what. So once I got that goal, it took me took four years to get my associates, then another two years to get my bachelor's, and then a year after that, I had my master's. Wow. Yeah, I, I took a little bit more traditional path in that it took you know four years of college. Um, I did graduate school for two years, and then therapists, we have about a two-year, for me it was about a two-and-a-half-year Uh, supervision time where you work under somebody else's license Mm -hmm. uh, during that time while you're still kind of learning to be a therapist. Um, And so I had a wonderful supervisor who was very encouraging in, in everything that I did. And she was able to kind of, I think, help me become a good therapist. She was also very narrative and her approach and I think that's probably something I very much gained from her as well in looking at people as you know as stories that we're able to help so um yeah we've it's been a long process and I think like everyone you go through a lot of difficulties to get here I Mm -hmm. lost a lot of family when I was in college Uh, yeah I had um my aunt die my sophomore year and my dad and grandmother died um my last um during dead week of my junior year mm-hmm. and uh I had another grandfather that died a year later during my senior year and I think through that is where I kind of got my grief counseling focus as I okay. was kind of developing you know psychology and what that meant mm-hmm. I started to kind of focus on that grief process and and going through it myself and understanding that it's it's a very difficult. You feel crazy most of the time. 
Um, but it, and it's worth it to kind of go through and you, you come out a better person at the end. It just, it, it sucks to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Something, um, something I wanted to ask you guys, like what, cause social work is such a hard thing to do. Like people, I respect people that do it. Mm-hmm. What drives you and motivates you in these practices to do it? For me, um, for my social work, I, I felt like it was kind of like my ministry in a way. Um, because since I wanted to be a pastor's wife and all of that, I realized that this is my own thing because I felt called to help with like injustice. And um, I think part of my drive is that drive where I see the things that are happening to people and I see it's not necessarily just them. It's this whole system around them. And so that's part of my drive is I want to help people recognize those things and break those barriers down. And so I see it as kind of my personal like calling and ministry um, as, you know, my driving force. I would, I would agree with that. I think it's the same thing for me as I've seen, you know, how lives can change through this process of relationship and talking to people mm-hmm. and working through problems and um, how the changes that have taken place throughout my professional career are can be so transformational for people and that it becomes kind of your your purpose, your longing, your, you know, your kind of everything. It's, it is hard. I mean, there are days where I, you know, I leave and I'm so drained by people's, you know, by people's stories. Um, but I think there's such an honor in hearing them, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there's also a, a process that most therapists go through of learning kind of how to set emotional boundaries with people and not taking stuff home because you definitely can let it take over your life if you let it. You hear day in, day out, horrible, awful, the worst of the worst in humanity. Yeah. You know, I tell people I've worked with everyone from like, you know, the mom with postpartum mm-hmm. who is like, or somebody with anxiety who like in a few weeks, like they're good to like murderers and rapists and everything in between. And you learn how to kind of set set everything aside and go, you know, I'm going to go be a person at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it isn't something, it isn't for the faint of heart, I would say. No. Being a no. social worker, being a therapist is yeah. something you definitely have to feel like is a purpose. Yeah. Otherwise, it could for sure eat you alive. Yeah, it can. It can. And just to clarify, Christian is LMFT and I'm LCSW, Licensed Clinical Clinical social worker, <laughs> licensed clinical social worker, <laughs> licensed marriage and family therapist. So we're talking about, you know, how social work, social work is a little different from just therapy. However, whenever you have like the clinical background that I have, then we're both doing the same thing, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, so we're both in the trenches and so, but also I want to shout out to all the other social workers out there who yes. are dealing with other things other than therapy every single day. It, it's really difficult um, day in and day out, and that does wear on a person. So, um, but one of the things, no matter what you, your background in school is, 
once you end up doing something like this, like Christian said, developing those boundaries is really important. At the mm. end of the day, you want to help people, but you still have to have boundaries and you have to be able to build walls within yourself to where you don't get just emotionally trampled on every day because yeah. it can be difficult if you're not taking care of yourself and that's where like the self-care comes in along with the boundaries it's really oh. important yeah wow okay um <laughs> <laughs> yeah it doesn't don't we make sound be, being a therapist or being a social worker sound awesome <laughs> <laughs> you guys it's so do. great it is. it's so great <laughs> um outside of social work mm-hmm. what do you guys do what do you guys enjoy to do hobbies anything like that for me i am a dancer as you know as, as, <laughs> as i Matt know knows. <laughs> not everybody listening i do but you did want to be britney spears back i did so it makes sense. people were paying attention they know i like to dance um i like to dance for fun and i like to do flamenco dance um what is flamenco? In? Flamenco is it is dances from the south of Spain. So it's it's Spanish dancing, but it's more focused on the southern part of Spain. So um, we have I'm so grateful enough to be a part of Flamenco Tulsa, where we have our own um, musicians who can provide live music for us and everything, That's awesome. which is fantastic. So shout out to them, and um, so I do that as part of my routine to keep me sane because that just helps me like completely forget everything else and I like to do karaoke in my living room mostly (laughs) I like Um, to do karaoke in your living room too (laughs) uh, I just enjoy and I enjoy being with my family with my husband and my two kids Um, and I I just I just try to really take any opportunity I get to have fun. I try to practice what I'm trying to preach with fun coaching. Fun coach, yeah. Like if there is a a fountain going and I'm wanting to run through it and I'm able to, I'm going to run through it. <laughs> so I'm trying. I'm trying to practice what I'm trying to preach. But I think it's just important to be able to let go and have fun no matter what it is you like to do. And that's that's what I try to do in my off time to keep me sane for sure for awesome. me i i obviously enjoy connecting with people so i love hanging out with friends i go to coffee shops or bars i enjoy um, meeting people to eat good food um, and just really enjoying kind of enjoying those little pieces of life and and connection with people i think i I'm I'm very extroverted, and so it's very much how I gain my energy is by being around people. Um, And so that's kind of, usually that's where you'll find me if you're looking for me is at a coffee shop or something. Yeah, Christian loves her coffee. We both do. We both do. Coffee's awesome. Yeah, that's like a big big thing when we were talking about setting up stories of hope. We were like, we have to have good coffee. It's it's a must. It wasn't even like a question if you come here you will not get Folgers no (laughs) you will get good coffee (laughs) that's awesome um what uh 
so, something something you you guys you said um, you're the grief more so you're dealing with the grief and you're dealing with fun coaching correct well I do therapy uh, too therapy. yeah okay. we both do th- so. we both do any kind of general therapy yeah I enjoy seeing families as, as the marital and family therapist I like in, I like seeing couples and families mm-hmm. I enjoy working with people that have um, had depression or anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, I also enjoy working with people who've had, you know, been inpatient or have had experiences mm-hmm. of being suicidal mm-hmm. um, or trauma work, a lot of trauma work. Mm-hmm. So we're, we can both do any kind of generalist. Those would just say what I, what I think our specialties yeah. are. Okay. Yeah. So. And I really do, I really enjoy working with people with trauma. Yeah. I really do. Um, I think it's really important. And so I, I really love that. And I and you have special training yes, in, in, in specific that. training. In I have specific training in that. And I really um, have seen results from the training that I've had. So uh, I really enjoy that. And working with the depression and anxiety and more generalist things. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm glad that Christian is on board because I don't particularly enjoy working with like doing family therapy sessions, that's not my forte, mm-hmm. and neither is couples counseling. And that she loves it, and mm-hmm. so I say you just you take all those dysfunctional <laughs> families because <laughs> I love it. I um I have some specific training in in a program called Prepare and Rich, which mm-hmm. is a couples okay. assessment and, and curriculum for. Uh, couples who are either getting ready to get married or who are already married and are looking to kind of figure out what their strengths and growth areas are in order to improve those areas such as you know communication uh, um, mm-hmm. financial planning sexual relationships you know just everything all those specific areas all the every area and the, it's like a I think it's like a 16 week-long curriculum but it doesn't always take that usually the strength areas we get through real quickly and mm-hmm. try to spend more time on the growth areas so because I really enjoy working with that program so and those couples they're they're fun That's <laughs> so awesome. uh, what, what what separates you guys from other practitioners because there's a ton of therapists sure. in the world you know um, so what what makes you different than other places well I will say there are a lot in Tulsa however what I've seen Tulsa has a great network of therapists and um, we try to keep connected with a lot of them and a lot of them are actually some of our friends Um, so there's a really good selection of therapists in Tulsa and the way I view it is every person out there has something different to offer it's just a matter of you know, what, what that person is needing in a therapist. And so if someone is needing like the fun coaching instead of traditional therapy and they need more like fun coaching, then we offer that. And that's something we offer that nobody else that Mm -hmm. I know of is offering. Um, and the fact that Christian has such a good background in, uh, the grief counseling and the marriage and family things. We just, we both offer different things that some people may or may not be offering um, at other agencies or private practices, but um, I think it just depends on the person, whatever they're looking for. And um, You know, 
I've said it a lot, but therapy is a lot about connecting with an mm-hmm. individual. It's about that relationship. Mm-hmm. At, the, at the bottom line, it's all about the relationship. And there are people you connect with and there are people that you just, you know, you just don't for whatever reason. Um, and so for those out there looking for a therapist, I always tell people, don't get discouraged. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all, a lot of times we'll meet with people for 15 minutes for free, just, you know, and if they feel like, you know, this just isn't working, you're not somebody I can connect mm-hmm. with, and it's, you know, we're big girls, we can yeah. handle it, or we mm-hmm. want you to find the right person for for what you do, and if it's not us, for whatever reason, we have, like we like she said, we have a lot of friends, we have a lot of connections in the mental health community in Tulsa, and we'll help you find somebody that's mm-hmm. going to be right for you. And so for us, we, and we also, we work here in Midtown, Oklahoma. We're right Mm -hmm. off of Cherry Street, right off of um, the BA on 15th near Harvard, Expo Square is nearby. And I think that location's another thing. There's a lot of practices in South Tulsa. Mm -hmm. And for us, we didn't, we didn't gravitate towards that. We really wanted to stick kind of in the Midtown area because we feel like, you know, this is where a lot of good can come. Yeah. You know, there's a lot that happens in these areas. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes being a light in that area and, and also being kind of accessible to all the people that work downtown or, mm-hmm. you know, that work at the hospitals or whatever nearby is mm-hmm. also nice for us. So. And we also, because we're private practice, we're not, we don't accept insurance. Um, we eventually are going to get on insurance panels, but right now we don't. But at the same time, I think it is kind of a good thing because that means there's no um, pre-authorization that you have to go through to be seen by us. Basically, if you need an appointment, you can schedule, you can email us, you can call us, you can schedule online, mm-hmm. and if we can see you whenever. I mean, as long as we're available, we can see you. As long as you, you know, of course, you will need to pay something, but (laughs) it's not for free. 15 minutes for free, maybe. But but if someone is able to pay and our schedules line up, we can see someone right away. So there's there's that, and that's really important, I think, for people because sometimes people may just need that one hour right then, and if we're available, we're happy to help. Yeah, we don't have to go through the bureaucracy mm-hmm. of insurances and those kinds of things, at least right now. And for those, you know, and we don't have to, a lot of therapists, because they are going through insurance panels, have to put diagnoses and labels mm-hmm. on people. And we would like to stay away from that as much as possible. Okay. It's one thing to be able to name a problem and say, you know, you're what you are, you have depression we're going to help you work on these issues versus having to put that label on somebody for billing purposes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and a lot of anytime you have to go through an insurance of any kind uh, you have to put that kind of label and kind of prove that what you're doing is worthwhile for these reasons and if somebody's not depressed I don't or have you know major depressive disorder I don't want to put that kind of label on them mm-hmm. yeah so hmm. what, what what ways are um, ways people can support you and like connect with you and uh, if you support you connect with you get uh, 
get to know who you are and stuff like that? Yeah, for people that are wanting to get to know us, we are on uh, Facebook. We are mm-hmm. Stories of Hope Tulsa, um, Stories of Hope Counseling on Facebook. Um, we're on Instagram. But you can follow us on there, Stories of Hope Tulsa, as well as Twitter. And on Twitter, it's Stories mm-hmm. of Hope OK for Oklahoma. Um, they didn't have, Tulsa was too long, so they didn't yeah. let us do that. As well as you can check us out on our website, www.storiesofhopetulsa.com. There, from there, you can find our phone number, mm-hmm. learn more about our different programs and offerings, see pictures of our fun office. Um, you can schedule online. There's a link to schedule online. So, yeah. Email us. There's lots of ways to contact us. Yes. So, So, yeah. Don't be afraid. (laughs) (laughs) Contact us. We're nice, I promise. All right. Well, (laughs) well, thank you guys for being on the Low Key Podcast, and thank Thank you you for taking time out of your day. I know you have – I know Lindsay has kids, and I don't know. You probably are – Christian has fur babies. I I have fur babies, yeah. Okay. Couple. She needs to get to. <laughs> <laughs> or dogs. Kittens or dogs. I don't know. Both. <laughs> Both. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. It's nice. It's easy. It's low key. And check out this low key land episode. Bye. Thank you guys for listening to the low key podcast. Remember to go check us out on Facebook and on Instagram. Go like us. Go follow us. Also, check out. The Stories of Hope on their website, www.storiesofhope.com. Um, go, go check out their Instagram page, and they have a Facebook page. So go like them. Go check them out. Um, and if you want to sit and drink coffee with them, go ahead and do that. They don't drink folders. You remember that from the episode. Also, go subscribe to us on iTunes. Go check out our iTunes. Review us. Give us um, a comment. Give us some feedback. I'd like to hear from you guys, um, my audience. And, uh, yeah, thanks for, thanks for listening again. And um, we are out from Loki Land.